This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. We all remember the big moments in the movies we see. The big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Mad Dog and Glory. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nonzetta, and I am your gracious host. Alongside me, the splendid, I mean, just load-bearing, I mean, just designer-friendly Justin Waddell. How's it going? It's all right. How How is your weekend? It's fine. Do you like being described as load-bearing? I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> I like just, I just like being described, period. Yeah, that's it's not true. bad. Right, let's get this out of the way. There we go. Um, yeah, the weekend's fine. I mean, it's, you know, I didn't travel, so that was good. How about you? I didn't do much. I had some work I had to get done this weekend. I didn't even really shop. So I, I just kind of, yeah, I didn't, it wasn't a very, um, I didn't leave my house. I didn't venture outside. But there was some bad news this weekend. What's about Sean Connery? Yes. Yeah. Who we, uh, you know, I I don't know if he knew before he passed away that we we did Outland on the show we on did. the movie microscope. Do you think that weaved its way through the world to Sean Connery somehow? Yeah, he was actually planning to die in March. We saved his ass. We gave him a little bit more juice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that was. I saw that you posted um, on social media. That was a big one for you. Yeah, and I think for a lot of folks. Yeah, I mean, two two of my my major heroes, Eddie Van Halen and, and and him, were two huge ones for me growing up. So Sean Connery was a hero of yours, huh? I mean, I know he's done some shit. Well, I'm just that's not what I mean. I'm just saying, yes, and that is problematic. But I didn't know that you held him in such high regard. I watch. I literally have watched everything, and I yes. and I was and I watch really bad stuff multiple times just because I like seeing him. There was a period of time where he was my favorite actor. And, and I was never under the illusion that he was a great actor, mm-hmm. but I loved him. He was a great movie star, and he was such a singular presence that I, I couldn't get enough of him. Yeah, very forceful presence. Now, what what are some of your favorites by him? Are, are they all Bond, or you got... No, you got actually, them? the Bond stuff isn't really what comes first to mind. It's The Man Who Would Be King. It's um, Robin and Marion. It's obviously The Untouchables, Red October. Mm-hmm. Um, sneaky stuff. Uh, I mean, his little scenes in Time Bandits were huge for me. Yeah. Um, you know, just seeing him, you know, and then even in the rock, I mean, he's, he's just, he's magnetic, you know, it's, it's yeah, it was, for me, it was his video game voiceover work that I liked the most. What, what did he do? Command and conquer. Didn't he do the sounds for Qbert? Am I wrong? <laughs> he might've. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was, um, you know, he's 90 years, years old. I guess he had been suffering from dementia Yeah. a little bit. It's, but you know, he hadn't been on the screen since one of your favorite films, League 
of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which I think you really at the time you're a huge champion of, of that film, right? Big, but just because Stuart Townsend, huge, huge Stuart Townsend. <laughs> I, I follow Norrington wherever he goes. You know, well, you, I like it doesn't. You don't have to follow hard. <laughs> <laughs> he did do Blade, which was he, a good one. Yeah, he did. I'm sure we're not done. I'm sure somebody else is going to be leaving soon. I mean, just it just. No, I don't think that was Sean Connery's last film. I think he did actually do like an animated feature after that. Like, yeah. but, but I don't think 2020 is done taken from us. Is that a Liam Neeson reference? No, I just think that there's there's going to be there's going to be somebody else that we love that leaves. Oh, say. of course, yeah. I mean, you know, people have been talking. You know, voter suppression and that stuff is in the news lately. And I, it got me thinking. Do you think we have listener suppression happening to us? Do you think there's someone out there actively? You know, what I'm saying. Uh, antagonizing listeners, our listeners. No, I don't think so. Or or would be listeners. So that's no. why we don't have very many. No, I th- we have a nice amount. They're fine. I think what it is is they know exactly what they're getting with us, mm-hmm. and what, the the effort to click and and listen to a portion of it is such a that's a lot to ask. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's all we can expect. I'm just saying that I think it can't have anything to do with us. I I, I attribute it to a nefarious plot. Oh, is what I'm saying. Do you agree? Well, the, I don't know if you saw this, but they showed a shot of Hunter Biden's laptop, and in the right corner was the movie microscope bookmark. Um, my friend keeps informing me that Hunter Biden apparently is hung, a hung man. <laughs> apparently, he has got some nudes out there that are quite impressive. Hunter Killer I, in this. I did not He's got know a this. Fucking sub down there. He's got common Roman is big old dick. He's got uncommon. Apparently I had no idea, but um, now it makes me wonder if all this stuff is actually true. He'd probably want to get that news out there. You know, yeah. um, by the way, I'm, I have a long one, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I think Biden should be actually out there talking about that yeah. on, on the campaign trail. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to mix that into a women's rights discussion though. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying I had I had not heard this news. I really haven't been following that stupid story. So anyway, Nick, I know you probably want to get to it. Before we do, I want to tell you something. I saw a podcaster, a live stream of a podcast. He, the podcaster was barefoot. How do you feel about uh, you this? Know, you know how I feel about it. <laughs> Makes me want to quit podcasting. It was upsetting to me to see this. Well, how do you you're not supposed to see somebody's feet anyway? Well, you know, like they were, you know how some podcasters, they also um, record what they do on and they put it on YouTube. Like, yeah, uh, Joe Rogan does that, you know, your favorite. And I think maybe Deacons, does he do that? I'm sure. So, you know, but it's I don't be a good looking photo. That's hmm? all he's got, you know, if it's going to be immaculately framed. It's all he's good for. But I saw he had uh, this guy had his feet up, uh, his little bare feet up and it perched. Mm-hmm. And in, in the shot, it was, you're right. It was, it was, it's, it's haunting me. Yeah. It's not a good thing. Hey guys, you guys have been trucking along for almost 10 minutes now. <laughs> Let's tell you about the show. It's uh, the movie microscope folks. Mm-hmm. It's a show where we zoom in. We watch a film with a set of manslaughtered eyes. We, uh, we peep around until something really wet happens. And then we, we, uh, pull out from under the bus and, uh, really make it or break it. And, uh, <laughs> You know, and then we'll we'll watch a film and we'll and we'll speak into it. 
Um, Jeepers Creepers 3. <laughs> I watched the trailer for that tonight on purpose. And then I watched Jeepers Creepers 2's trailer on purpose. You so, guys, backwards. if we were talking, you know, if, let's say we're watching to Sleep With Anger. You know, we would be talking about the scene where Danny Glover's at his daughter's funeral and starts throwing barrels around like Donkey Kong. We talk about the little moments. There are plenty of little moments in today's movie, however. 1993's Mad Dog and Glory. Where were you in 93 when this came out? Film school. Were you? Yeah. Uh, what school? Atlanta Film Institute, RIP. And you were there for two years? Two four years, years with Carl Cunningham. Hmm. Was it a two-year school or did yeah, you just it, you could have. We could have kept going, but... Once I realized that it was shady, I was like, mm. you know what? I'm out of here. It's called the Atlanta Film School? Atlanta Film Institute. It AFI. Was near, it was near Petrie de Cab Airport at first. Then it moved into a restaurant where a, an Evander Holyfield restaurant used to be. And then it went, I think it was absorbed into something that at Georgia State after that. Did you, um, were you, did you get like a, like a, a football scholarship? What were you, what were you there for? Were yeah, you a jock I, at the I, AFI? I was a wet nurse. Uh, that was my my discipline. Yeah, you shot yeah. films, huh? Did you? And you graduated? Did you or you yeah. got a degree or a certificate, yeah. whatever? I mean, yeah, it's useful. It's pretty useful. <sighs> well, you did go into the film industry. That's right. For a time. Yeah. And it didn't help me at all that school, but yeah, I did. <laughs> did. Yeah, shot a shot a student film, black and white, claymation. You wow. Know. Yeah, met a girl claymation. with really bad like bad uh, calculus on her teeth. All sorts of neat shit happened. What? <laughs> but that's what you're doing in 93 i was in school as well i was a waiter also let's not act like i was just killing it at film school and i didn't you know i don't think i saw this movie in the theater i don't i don't think i did i don't think i rushed out no neither i don't think I. it was a i don't think it was a huge hit but i think critically it was people seemed to like it it was mediocre critically um, i didn't see henry portrait of a serial killer theatrically it so that's the direct yeah the director is john mcnaughton and he directed that now i have never seen that movie i've seen pieces of it i can't watch it is it tough yeah. no i mean maybe it it's, maybe not not by today's standard it's not mm -hmm. you saw that memories of murder got re-released on uh itunes it was like a fancy 4k yeah i know isn't criterion releasing that too probably yeah yeah this guy it got a 4k release huh yeah, I know that's, a, that's music to your ears. It is. So you can read the, the subtitles in 4K and notice very little difference in the picture. It's an amazing film that a lot of people should see if they have not it's seen it. It's very good. It's not as good as it is. Anyway, um, mm. yeah, so yeah, I didn't yeah. see this in the theater either. I bought the, the tape used when it came out, slogged through it, moved on with my life. The big draw for me was Uma. I had a huge crush on Uma when I was uh, in high school, and I guess... I remember I had a picture of her on my on my wall, and I didn't do that. That wasn't something I did. Yeah. She was on a beach coming out of the water. I tried to find that picture recently to, to show you, but I, I cannot find it. She's been on too many magazine covers since. So yeah. you've never liked Uma Thurman that much. I've I liked remember. her fine from time to time, mm -hmm. but I was never a, a big fan. I always thought she was great and stuff, and I always thought she was obviously very fetching and pretty. Same thing um pretty much but yeah i had a i didn't put her in my locker but she was on my bedroom wall okay yeah. what did you do you have anything on your bedroom wall like any oh, ladies oh yeah my wall was but it was the, there was a 
there wasn't a, a, any real estate available on those walls. I had, <laughs> if it wasn't a poster, it was a, a drawing that we, was we painted and drew all over my walls, my friends and I, and there was monster, there was everything on there. So I had some women, but there was equal amounts of monsters and shit on there too. So give me some of the ladies you had up there. Oh, well, I had, well, I know I had, uh, Linda, Linda hunt on there. No, I, I did. <laughs> okay. And I, and I know I had Madeline Kahn on there. Hmm. And I had somebody with huge breasts too. I remember that. Somebody was just oh, you know what it was it was it was uh, stills from Lair of the White Worm, uh, from the press kit for Lair of the White. <laughs> White Are you Worm. serious? Yeah, it was on my. I had the poster on my ceiling, like an English quad poster above my bed for, and, and I hate that movie. Well, that was the the draw of that movie was there was some nakedness in it, right? There was some nudity, like Amanda Donahoe and all those other, right? Mm-hmm. And she but was that- on the cover, looking like very sexy. But then you had to get through the whole movie. Awful movie. And Hugh Grant's in it, right? Isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, early Hugh Grant. Um, that's interesting. It's cool that I, my bedroom had a giant Lair of the White Worm. Uh, a movie I hadn't yet watched, and I had the fucking quad and stills from the movie all over the place. That's what they nicknamed, your friends nicknamed your room too, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. Hugh Grant in a show right now. Yeah, the uh, with Nicole Kidman. Yeah, Undoing, which is what 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 is the Undoing? It's the first screenplay I wrote called that. Pitched it to DreamWorks. Did you? Yep. And then I pitched it to Kevin Spacey's company. (laughs) (laughs) What's this company called? Oh, you remember? Oh man, it's it's not Good Machine. It's it. Um, it'll come to me. Yeah, it's probably called Out of Business at this point. But he did have so he. Yeah, so he uh, he wasn't in this meeting though. He he, he sent his emissaries oh, to talk yeah, to you. Yeah, and you pitched him on Undoing, but the Undoing was a, probably a horror film or something, it was right? A science fiction thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, let's talk a little bit about Mad Dog and Glory. Why don't you uh, run down the cast for us? And if you don't say oh. the most important person first, Trigger Ooh. Street Productions. Oh, God, really? Yeah. Um, stars um, Mike Starr. <laughs> He was actually kind of great in this movie. He is van fantastic in this movie, uh, and so and and some and who else? Well, the legends in this. All right, let's hear it. David Crusoe, oh, my yeah. friend, and uh, he does not disappoint. I love him in this film. He is so good. If this movie had been more of a hit, had been marketed better, I think he could have maybe been nominated for this. You That's are how good he is. out of your fucking mind. <laughs> he is excellent every time he's on screen in this. I love him in this movie. He's he's very good. He, I mean, man, man. He gets a better are, he gets a better cool. character than De Niro and Thurman do. A- a- absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. but supporting actor, get off my dick. <laughs> you need to agree with me. He's a he's a microscope legend. He is a microscope legend, and that's reward enough. But there's no way the, that this role that which is, is not reward enough, Nick. This is a damn shame that he is not still acting. He is he needs to be celebrated more. And I'm not saying that tongue in cheek, like it's a joke. I'm actually angry he's not in acting anymore. I look at his IMDb page and refresh. Yeah, I want yeah. a project announced. He hasn't been working for a long time. I mean, I know he's rich. He went through the ex-wives. Like he's he's hard to be with. Apparently, like butter. I like butter. But you know what I found out today in his Wikipedia page? What? He's got three kids. Oh man, lucky bitches. 
I hope one of them is a ginger Adonis like he is. What if they all look exactly like him? And they're girls with the fucking giant forehead dance in them, like like befreckled forehead dented puffy haired girls. Just want I just want them to have a the same anger their dad has. Yeah. You know, the same intensity, the same, you know, fiery spirit. I miss him, Nick. It's hard to live in this world without him around on screen. It's a tough one for me, especially with all these, every time, like every minute you turn around, there's a new project announced. There's a new show on a streaming service and no Caruso. Come on. When you think about some of the other people who are notoriously (laughs) difficult to work with, they get second chances, third chances, and they, Mm-hmm. They come out on the other side, and maybe they've grown as a person, and then we're all better because of it. Caruso is definitely of that cut. Anyway, maybe De Niro's he, also in it. Oh, yeah, and Bill Murray and Tom Cruise. Kathy Baker wants some serious De Niro dick <laughs> in this movie. Uh, Kathy Baker, uh, I think, a kind of an underappreciated presence on screen. I, I like seeing her. In I this. love Kathy Baker. Yeah, me too. Yeah. She's a, she always, uh, she's, I don't know how she's famous or how she's in movies. Uh, but I love her. I uh, I follow her on Twitch. She's a huge Fortnite yeah streamer. So yeah, that's how I keep up with her these yeah. days. Anyway, she so also, she also you know she was the one who discovered Gangnam Style. <laughs> and uh, Tom Tao is a holdover from um, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, right? But for he's not. best known for surviving Miami Vice. The movie, yeah, he gets shot under. He gets shot in the dome. Yeah, the big bald dome. Yeah. All right. So what's this movie about? It's about to bore me to tears. You don't like it. <laughs> so it's about a, a dog shit cop who's a super loser. He's a, he's a, he's a crime scene photographer he, slash, I guess, detective. I don't exactly super, know. He's a super loser who uh, runs the, comes into contact with Bill Murray's weird gangster. Mm-hmm. And there's this sort of a little bit of a bonding happens. And, and as a result, Mr. Murray puts his young lady in front of uh, Mr. De Niro for a week or so to, uh, as a thank you and love blooms and trouble blooms. That's true. That's a good way to put that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, He's the movie starts out. Super very... loser. <laughs> he is. So De Niro, obviously playing against type Bill Murray playing against type. And then David Crusoe playing my favorite type. And Tom Toll's basically not even realizing the cameras are rolling. <laughs> so, uh, is it Tolls? Yeah. I always call them Towels. I'm such an idiot. It's spelled Towels, right? Kind of. I mean, Tom Tolls. Okay. All right. So, anyway, <clears throat> the movie starts off the very strange uh, double homicide uh, a drug deal gone bad in, in a car in unnecessary black and white. And so then the this, this, uh, these point blank murders happen. And as this guy lights uh, his crack pipe or whatever, it turns from black and white to color. It's very um, impressive. It's, it's deep cover ish. It's got a little bit of that deep cover thing going on. True. Yeah. But I think it's, it feels a little arty for, for what, it, I mean, who cares? Like, I've why is he doing good that? Good news for you though. Yeah. Cause he doesn't do one arty thing after that. There is not one moment of art that happens. That's not true. That's not true. I, I disagree with that. I think there's some nicely framed shots here. I wondered if the the stuff that we watched, I wonder if it's, it seemed a little cropped to me. Um, Like some of the stuff that was happening should have been on screen, but it was off screen. 
but I don't know. Anyway, so there's that scene. And then, you know, uh, what happens is that's when you first meet De Niro and Caruso. They're, they get woken up. <laughs> they're asleep at the, at the station. And what is De Niro wearing? What is he sleeping in? <laughs> I hope pajamas, but uh, probably not. What, well, he's what in is his old suit, his, his dress clothes, but his shoes mm-hmm. are off to the side. And he is sleeping in little sandals. <laughs> little adorable sandals he sleeps in. There's a couple of cute glimpses of cute De Niro in this, I will say. And there's some very uncomfortable De Niro in this. There's there more is. of that one. Yeah. Now, he's, now he's known for having... Uh, asked that he played the role of Wayne rather than playing Bill mm. Murray's character. Right. What a fucking mistake. No, no, no. I mean, mm. I think Bill Murray might be a little more successful than uh, in his switch than um, De Niro. No, Bill was. Murray is fine, but I thought De Niro was, I, for a second, I thought I was watching Awakenings. <sighs> yeah, I think sometimes it does feel like he's, he's, he's going too far into into like remoteness and unlikability, which the movie could stand to. I think it can stand to make him, you know, a little more desirable, like a little more interesting. Actually, I'd rather but, it be weirder and and more arcane. Doesn't make get, sense if it's weirder. I think in a way, it doesn't know what it is as it stands. Well, I don't think that's true. I you know, it's written by Richard Price, who is a very good writer, and I think I think that's what the the strength of this movie. It is it is odd, but the characters are pretty interesting and the dialogue's great. So um, it's, it's a Nicolas Cage role. It's kind of like a nothing story. And you're right. That's a good point. It is kind of a Nicolas Cage role. You think he would have done better with it? Yeah. I mean, this, sure. he does yeah. this in his sleep. And this is you buy you buy the quirky nature of him before he meets her. And then you also buy the weird obsession after he. Gets I think it also works a little bit if he's younger. Like, so at this time, Cage would have been, I think, closer to Uma Thurman's age. And I, it, it, their relationship would make a little bit more sense, you know, as a, if they're, if they're pushing more towards the romance. I, I don't think the movie ever decides if Uma's that into this relationship, if her character's that into it. Yeah, her character is shit. Um, you know, he's a lonely guy. He watches people fuck across the way through his window. He's he hangs very- his crime scene pictures he frames them and hangs them up in his apartment that's disturbing yeah. there's like dead bodies framed um anyway so they, they they wake up at the station and then um uh this is the first glimpse you get of caruso and he looks uh destroyed to be awake <laughs> like he looks so upset yeah. to be awake he stands in front of a mirror he looks like he's trying to fall back asleep on his feet yeah but they go out to this crime scene and that's when de niro takes a break to get some Twinkies, because you remember this guy at the station requested yeah, the... Do you like the insult that he gives to uh, to Dave, about David Caruso? I love. I wrote it down, but he yeah. So this guy says, "Hey, when you're out, give me some Twinkies." And what does what does Caruso say? Okay, what does he say? What's his insult? Twinkies. It's two in the morning. You fat fuck. Like as as only Caruso could could say, <laughs> like in, in in that way. I think. But what's his monstrous comeback to Caruso? Who the guy? The cop? Yeah. He tells De Niro to get Caruso a banana, a green one. (laughs) Yeah. So um, this is literally minutes after he defended Richard Price. I think the dialogue is great in this. I think you're wrong. Later on. Later on. Yeah. No, this is great. So, you know, in that whole scene, so De Niro goes to get some Twinkies and there's the guy that committed these murders is, you know, all bloody behind the cash register. And De Niro's just walking around like he doesn't know what's, you know, he doesn't, he's not paying attention that this place is being held up. And he, he, he slowly realizes it and he sees that the, 
this guy has Bill Murray on the floor with a gun to his head. And so De Niro then proceeds to talk the killer out of shooting them both. You know, he, and he, and he very like, you know, passively, he says, Hey, you know, here he opens a cash register for him. He gives him some cigarettes. He's like, look, if you shoot us, there's a crime scene right down the street. They'll hear you, that kind of stuff. And so Bill Murray, the whole time, as he's hearing this is very angry <laughs> at, and he keeps insulting De Niro for not being more masculine. And that's kind of what is going on in this movie. You know, he, his nickname, you know, De Niro's nickname in this movie is Mad Dog, sarcastically. He's right. just a very passive person. What do you think about the villain's mouth? Who's the villain? The, the guy that committed the murders. Oh, the killer? He's got one of the worst mouths I've ever seen. <laughs> he's very, he's very intense. He ends up in a garbage can later on, dead, shot to death and placed in a garbage can. Covered in net. Covered in a net, which, yeah. So what video games in the convenience store? It's a video game called Narc, Nick, which I remember playing. Great game. Um, and kind of a, one of the, wasn't it kind of a violent game? It was violent. And I think it and also kind of racist, a little maybe a little racist. I don't know about that. I know that or it, it had stereotypes, at least it had sort of a RoboCop um, sarcasm or whatever to it, too, if I remember right. Yeah. Like, remember how Smash TV kind of really doubled down on that? I think this was made by the Smash TV guys before Smash TV. I think it, I just remember it had a reputation for being either violent or controversial or some, something, you know, like, so for some reason it was controversial. Well, if it was racist, I mean, no, that doesn't happen. I, I just don't know if it was maybe stereotypes or something, because I know it was about what cops busting drug dealers, basically, right? Yeah. So, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure racism's dead. <laughs> um, uh, you know, did, uh, at the crime scene, did, did you like what uh, Crusoe or one of the cops calls the dead guy in the back of the car? What's that? Shit skin. I didn't catch that. Mm-hmm. A dead, a dead shit skin. That's that's stupid. It's not nice. Do you think they defang? You think they intentionally thought they were defanging De Niro by by putting glasses on him? He is so bland in this movie. <laughs> I told you I got I fitted for a pair of glasses last yeah. week, my first pair because I'm getting up there a little bit. I needed, I needed some uh, glasses. There are children with glasses. I'm just telling you this. I'm not. I will not be defanged. <laughs> Super zoom, by the way. What? <laughs> that there are children with glasses. <laughs> well, it's hard to put contacts on when you're so young or in. Honor in contacts if you're near if you're far far sighted. So Gary Larson can't mm-hmm. wear them. You can just feel free to just zip that one out, <laughs> just throw it away, <laughs> just just kill it. I was trying to think about the three places <clears throat> I'm dropping it into the episode. Do you see what was behind that man and the the behind the killer as as he was holding up the store? No, a box of grape Kool Aid. Nice. I don't I haven't seen a box of grape Kool-Aid for a long time. It made me nostalgic. I don't remember boxes. I remember pouches and I remember cans. So these were pouches, but they were in a box. Okay. So you probably had it. It's probably a five pack. I don't know. Do you remember um, the specific moment in your life when you realized the Kool-Aid tastes like shit ass? <laughs> it depends how much sugar you put in it. Or I guess, do you how put much, sugar in no, it? No, you put the, I guess you could. I think I think you just put the solution, right? How much I solution? think you put extra sugar in it. I think that's what makes it better. But it doesn't make yeah. it better. It makes it worse. And if you don't, if you, here's the thing. If you put too much water in it, I think that's what's going on. And that's probably how you mistakenly made it with too much water. Well, no, I mean, you, you, you know, a child of that era, you had high C, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You had Kool Aid. What were some of the other competitors? Sunny Delight. Sunny Delight. Was it Tahitian Treat? One of them. Tang. Tang. Was there? You know, like Blast. Tahitian Treat. Yeah, Hawaiian Punch. You mean? No, Tahitian Treat was something else. Capri Sun back then. Yeah, that wasn't powdered, sir. Oh, you're you're sticking to the powders. I'm just going to all the sweet drinks. Yeah. Milk. <laughs> yeah, that's powdered sometimes. The, the, the idea of being a child and punching two triangle holes in, in metal to drink your fucking Hawaiian punch. It's a miracle we survived as a species, to be honest. I couldn't wait to get those uh, holes in that, in that can. That huge Tommy, can. You were a big huge, hole little guy, can. Right? You were a big huh? hole little guy? You like big hole, little hole? That was like your thing, right? Airflow. You didn't do two big holes. You did big hole, little hole. You had to. All the all the cool kids, big hole, little hole, right? <laughs> do you ever just drink from the actual? Of course, container. I need I need answers because you you smash a gigantic triangle into one and you just give a little <laughs> pop, just braze the surface with the hole on the other side so that you get that airflow, but so that you're not making a huge mess. I don't remember. Oh my god, man! I was good at it. Were you? Yeah. So you got a whole. I maybe we didn't. We didn't get Hawaiian punch a lot. That's what you got though, huh? One of those rich Whatever. kids. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Um, De Niro holds a gun in this like he became a cop last week. You know that. That's why I think is maybe a little bit self conscious about his performance. Is that he? He feels like like he's so incompetent and not like you know he's so just. Not an expert at any of this cop stuff. Or he's at so, anything else. So in the meek. Movie. He's so meek. I think they're trying to make it seem like he blossoms when he's around her. But right. he is awkward and awful even when he's around her. Intentionally. I mean, like all this is intentional, but you know, one thing I did like about him, like he admits to Caruso the next day that he he you know, even though he saved Bill Murray's life and all this stuff happened and he he, he at least he got he, even though the bad guy got away, he they know what he looks like, you know, but he admits to Caruso that he pissed himself during yep. that confrontation, which I thought was interesting. And then Caruso, his character um, gives him a pet t- pep yep. talk and yeah. doesn't like criticize him and actually yep. likes, you know, likes his uh, friend Wayne mm-hmm. and is always kind of trying to get him to come out of his shell. And as a matter of fact, and, he's responsible for 90 percent of his success in this movie. Mm-hmm. And he what? says that his big advice to him, which Wayne later takes, is after you have a traumatic event like that, you need to get laid. Because mm-hmm. that's Caruso's big advice. And um, De Niro is always shy whenever Caruso is talking about sex. But his biggest um, desire in this movie is to have companionship. And guess what? It's boring. Don't worry, it comes through for him. Oh. It's boring. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes back to his home. We see his, his life. We see Kathy Baker lives across the way. She wants to D big time. She is the right age, the right everything for him, right across the hall. Loves cops, loves his dick. Um, yeah. So, and she actually will, she's very forward with De Niro, who, with this character, who you later find out um, has a kind of carries a torch for her through Caruso. He, he's talked about this woman, but even though the she, this, you know, Kathy Baker is so um, forward and is just putting it out there that she'd like to get together. De Niro shies away from it. He's he can't he can't step over the over that line for some reason. 
Because he's a nebbish and he's shit. <laughs> he's a little Walter Mitty-ish, or a lot Walter Mitty-ish. Yeah, except Walter Mitty. He kind of just he kind of just stays in his apartment. He there's some there's some sexy neighbors that are always embracing naked and Wait, naked. By the way. That's a weird uh, thing. It's, yeah, it's weird, weird thing. how they just stand in front of the window like it's a romance novel cover. Mm-hmm. They just stand naked in front of the window looking at each other. Well, I think that that is meant to possibly be a figment of his imagination, like a figment of, or his uh, a realization of a desire. But I don't know if they're actually really doing that. They are. They're okay. Fucking. And I, I they're definitely kinda, not fucking. Eventually. Uh, all the while, Elmer Bernstein's fucked up sad horns are playing. <laughs> Yeah, De Niro definitely is, uh, he's in super sad sack mode here. He's like walking up the scare- stairs like half a step at a time. You know, mm-hmm. he's just shuffling up those stairs. He's grabbing newspapers to hand out to his neighbors for free. That's his, uh, you know, his charity that he's that he's doing as the, as the Mr. Nice Guy Neighbor. Playing, um, yeah, and, and he's in <laughs> Chicago. That's an important note. Mm-hmm. The Chicago story. And well, Richard Price is a big New Yorker, so this is probably a New York story transplanted to Chicago. Yeah, and yeah, Bill Murray How about that Zoom? Chicagoan. Huh? Obviously Bill Murray's stomping grounds. And, and then uh, we, we get once once we get through this dreary shit with De Niro, we start to get a pulse in this movie in the form of Mr. Bill Murray and Mr. Mike Starr. Yep, Bill Murray plays a um Kind of, you know, the, the the person that De Niro rescued, but he's like a kind of a, I don't know, low low level crime guy, crime boss. Mike Stars is kind of uh, second lackey, command yeah. bodyguard. Yeah, his, his lackey, and um, I think John, he is I think also John a pitch for the Cubs. He's an amateur comedian, Bill Murray. Very amateur. And Mike Mike Star invites De Niro for a night out to see his boss uh, do comedy. You it's know, one of my. You know, it's one of those movies that the meat cute is a, a horrible burn injury. <laughs> so then, yeah, he goes. He decides he's gonna. De Niro takes some his sad sack self to this place, and he gets a free drink. And Uma Thurman um, pours coffee all over his hands. Yeah, and he's nursing <laughs> like second degree burns for the next few scenes in the movie. It's so strange. Also strange is the, is is mm-hmm. Mike Starr's drink of choice. Shivas and milk. Shivas milk, which is a real drink. I looked it up. Scotch and milk. Yeah, or is it? Yeah, it's like Irish whiskey. I think uh, it's it's like a comfort thing. So as soon as are you ecstatic? No, am I? Is it me? No, I don't hear anything. You don't hear that right now. Okay, it's just me then. So. As soon as Mike Starr makes his presence known in this bar, and Caruso always kind of sizes up everybody, and he sizes up this this huge dude, this formidable, formidable man. Then, and then um, Mike Starr orders Shivas and milk from the bartender, and Caruso laughs. <laughs> he laughs to himself. You know yeah. why? Why? Because he's a great artist. He's a great performer. There's no and argument like, coming from this side. I like everything he does in this movie. And if he ever wrote an autobiography, I'd read it twice. Well, the thing is, his character is a is a he he's that character in a video game that's there to kind of move you along in the storyline. He comes, he you know he'll drop like a charmed weapon for De Niro, and you know he'll he'll 
you know, he'll go, De Niro will go into a town and Caruso will be there. And he's like, by the way, the, the wood shop is where you might find something interesting. And sure enough, in the wood shop, there's, you know, like a haunted, a haunted horse, you know, so he's, there's, he's, he's a device <laughs> in this story. Well, no, he's any, he, and he's this kind of a friend. There's no reason that he should like De Niro because De Niro is unlikable, but he does. And then there's no reason he should cheer him on when he's that down because it's impossible yet he does yeah and or even tolerate him when he's happy and i love the fact that um but he's such caruso, a good, good friend you know caruso in this movie it's it's the rare instance where he's all bluster and swagger and then people are in, are actually intimidated by him and he actually is effective at being a fighter so he's, he's not, a badass yeah i mean it's almost like you would think the role was written for somebody that wasn't Caruso, like somebody who actually walks in when they walk into a room, people don't laugh. But Caruso does. He is like, he is intimidating. He's intense. I mean, yes, he is. Very he is intense. intense. And you, and you said that he, you love him in that movie proof of life, which is a later on um, movie for him. And he's, he's kind of that kind of threatening person in that, right? Like he's yeah. no, he is. Caruso is literally everything in the world. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to argue. And I would say this. I think we could all use a friend exactly like Crusoe is in this film. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I hope that I'm that friend to you. I, I'm beginning to suspect I'm not. But I think we could all use And hopefully they would be redhead, like a redhead, you right. know? Well, yeah. And, I mean, everybody has that, you know, there's that there's that guy. You know, it's the kind of role that for a stretch, Scott Kahn would try to play or even one of the Baldwins might try to play. But here's the thing about David Caruso. Mm -hmm. He walks onto a bed of dreams all the time. <laughs> I just, this is one of the rare actors I wish I knew, you yeah. know, like, and maybe could call up every once in a while and, yeah, and actually Tell him about I, my successes and my failures. I, I would actually, and I would go with him to places where I knew there would be antagonists. Because mm -hmm. I want to see him sort sort of do his not really looking at you thing while he's <laughs> looking at them, you know, get really close and then talk really triumphantly at them while not looking at them. Would love to see. Would love to go to a restaurant when you're looking at the celebrities that had been in there, the signed headshots or pictures that they took with the owners, and David Caruso's in the center of that wall. Yeah, I've 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 looked at many of those types of places, you know, many of those picture walls, I've never seen his, uh, his visage Have you. There's one of him asking f to see the manager, uh, about some uncooked food. I think there is that, um, Richard Belzer shows up in this film. That's always a, a charm. Yeah. He's doing, um, he's emceeing, uh, and introducing Bill Murray who owns the club and, you know, is telling these jokes on stage. He's a, you know, obviously a comedian, but, um, but Murray is it's one of those rare instances is that they always they try to kind of try to do stand up comedy in movies and it always falls flat, you know, when they show stand up, mm -hmm. but not Bill Murray. I mean, he's his jokes aren't great, but he's still he still has a great presence and is a believable. I don't know. Yeah. Hack comic up there. Um, anyway, so that's what happens. So, you know, he he has, you know, De Niro has a night out with Frank. Um, where they kind of bond in a weird way, and and, and in the back of uh, you know Bill Murray's car, De Niro confesses. At drunk, De Niro confesses. I wish 
I was a handsome man. That's I what know. he said. Yeah. And Bill Murray says, Wayne, you said you wish you were a brave and handsome man. Isn't that a little bit immature? And then they, they, they McNaughton, the director, uh, mm-hmm. probably, he probably looked at his, uh, his call sheet and thought he just had all the tools, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, he probably overstepped his bounds when he tried to uh, throw some one-liners to Mike Starr. Like, yeah, but it's great. Yeah, he, like, he's there's, a, there's like a little running joke of him thinking he's seeing famous people in in, in these locations. Yeah, he thinks he's and, and they're people who are famous who were out of fame by the time this movie was made, mm-hmm. let alone yeah. to any audience watching in the future. Yeah, and Bill Murray has like this, he always is kind of angry at Mike Starr, but never lashes out. He just kind of annoyed at him, but you could tell he likes him. Um, <clears throat> anyway, he, you know, th- uh, Murray has some great lines in this. He's kind of a poetic bad guy. He says that he warns De Niro if he ever crosses him, his life will become a raging sea. Yeah. Which is interesting. But he also dubs himself the expediter. Of, of dream. Wayne's dreams, yeah. and he's right. He is. He does become that. I think a lot of and critics gave this a raging C. And he delivers uh, the next morning. Um, Uma Thurman shows up on Wayne at, at Wayne's sad small apartment. And it's funny because, first of all, their only interaction was her burning the living shit out of his hand. Mm-hmm. But also, she's supposed to stay at his house and take care of him, but it's not about sex. Well, that's not true. Well, I know it's not true, but it's it's such a weird conceit. Well, that's the thing. I think that's where this movie is, feels a little problematic to me. Um, you know, Bill Murray owns, quote-unquote, Uma Thurman. And is uh, uh, farming her out to De Niro for as as a gift to say, hey, you know, thanks for saving my life. Here's a woman for a week. He's that's like fine. when I mean, Luke that's... brings R two and three PO to Java, sort of. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But what's weird is, and I think the movie plays this a little bit, is that does she actually want to be there? Doesn't it seems like she's scared? And there is no way Murray hasn't hit that. Well, she says that he doesn't have sex. You kind of believe her like he. But this is what I'm saying is this is where it gets a little problematic to me is, you know, she's forced to be there and she's kind of the aggressor. And, you know, uh, De Niro resists her at first, you know, at first. And then it becomes like, you know, he's dipping into the into the gifts. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a little weird to me, you know. Um, uh, you know, and, and and you don't, that's the thing is you don't really know if she's, pl- it seems like she kind of is playing a role and he is, you know, obviously in need of a fantasy woman. He starts to live one. through his fantasies when he's walking through the park and accosts a guy trying to sell him drugs. It's a little a weird well, scene. The guy was trying to mug him though a little bit and he, he pulls a gun on him. You mean? Yeah, it's, 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 it's right after he gets a little bit of a, he he doesn't go talk to uh he doesn't stick up for himself and and and, and Caruso does a little bit of that and then he mm-hmm. he lashes out there. But you're talking about let's talk let's talk about the most important stuff in this film and that's the romance, the the couch sequences and bed sequences in this film. 
So I think in Uma's, Uma Thurman, who's a very good actress, I think she was very young in this movie. I think she was early 20s. And I think like the, her first scenes really feel a little awkward to me and actorly or something. But then she really kind of starts to be great in this movie. <clears throat> you know, and I'm sure it's intimidating for anybody. You're, to you're a generous man. No, I'm not. I think she's actually really good in this. Like she, it's by you know, you know, I th- like I said, it's an awkward film, and it's an awkward relationship they have through the whole movie. But uh, you know, her, she certainly is doing most of the work in those scenes. It seems you know, like De Niro is constantly being, like you said, a nebbish or what, whatever. He's just being small. The scenes where they start to kiss on the couch. Yeah, so she finally gets him um, to put his arm around her after a few days, and uh, she, you know, puts it around herself. And obviously, he's attracted to her, and he's he's interested. He wants to kiss her, but he but he resists. So she finally kisses him. They start to fumble around on the couch. He's kissing her very strangely, very strange, very close. It's very uncomfortable to watch as a third party because. It- it's McNaughton yeah. has no flourish as a filmmaker. The camera is just sitting there looking at us. It's like a bad, it's like a bad porn where it's just like the camera's static and you're mm-hmm. watching this intimate thing. And obviously people are not good at what they do. So, you know, it's like, <clears throat> you know, she's instigating everything and he wants it, but he can't, like I said, he can't ever do anything without his hand being held. Literally, like that's what she has to do in this movie. Hold his hand a couple times, put it on her breasts like she has to do everything. And then he finally, you know, <laughs> limps to the to the finish. He he uh, he I, they don't even have sex. And he he comes in his uh, in his, his old uh, sweats. He kiss whatever comes. he has. He kiss, comes. Yeah, he kiss comes. He kiss comes. Um, and the funny thing is, in the middle of it, he says, I should do some sit ups. Well, I mean, it's funny. She, he's, he's, yeah, he's. Uh, no, it's funny if if you understand comedy as an actor and are able to execute that. No, that's fine. And then he, but you know, like I said, he. I don't know. It's 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 so she he she keeps calling him a sweet man, and he's embarrassed. He said he hasn't had sex for two years, so it's it's an Even awkward. He first says encounter. he hasn't made love. Made love in two years. Yeah, that's right. Which I think one of the big things about this movie is uh, he he's a love maker, and she and, and and he introduces that to her life. So after that awkward moment, they he they kiss go comes out. all over her though. Like he <laughs> he comes from kissing, <laughs> which which she accuses him a little bit of not being able to kiss, and he says, "I know how to kiss," but it's apparent he doesn't know how to kiss that well. Yeah. Um, I mean, he certainly doesn't have my technique. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Um, but he, anyway, he, he then takes her out for like at night to take some pictures. Okay. Uh, that's great. That is fantastic. And I appreciate that. But Justin, what he kiss comes, we got another <laughs> preemie ejaculator on the microscope. We can't get enough of guys who finish right away. <laughs> what are you talking about? Tell me, let's, let's, let's recount here. Baker Dill. Oh God. Jamie Foxx fakes it in Miami Vice, but there's one other one. We have it. We've had. We have at least two guys who lose it quick. Based with them, I don't remember. But I mean, nobody's nobody's going to top Baker Dill. But mm, De Niro kiss comes. That's not. That's not. That's not an achievement. That's not something you unlock. 
It's going to be an awkward hashtag when I put this episode up. <laughs> <clears throat> or announce it on Twitter. Um, yeah, so yeah, you're right. They do go to the park. Thanks for taking us from a, not, away. Not from a park. They, they, you know, they go. He takes her out and he starts to tell her about his life. And you know, he he actually starts to feel relaxed around her because he's he's finally ejaculated after all this time. Now, I I'm not believing that he, yeah, he looks like someone that masturbates at least three times a, a day. Am I wrong? I mean, he looks like he is hiding away in that apartment, and there is some serious stashed. Yeah. Uh, porn on those bookshelves. Yeah, and so the great thing—the great thing is though that okay, they go to the park and he he blooms and he starts to talk about his photography and all that, and he's mm-hmm. you know, and it's super boring. No, and he talks about how he you know his dad like he didn't want to become his dad, and so he kind of did went overboard and became a cop. It's just like he 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 does want to be an artist, or he does want to take pictures. And anyway, so then they go home and she again. Well, so he, he talks about this photo he took of a deer. So right, he wants to show it to her at the house. And while he's looking for it, she has stripped to her bare ass and is a naked thing in front of him. Yeah. And then he then he goes longer. And it well, is the worst. Maybe it it is a pretty terrifying sequence. First of all, we get to, you know, one of the things that I've, I've lived a, a good life. Mm-hmm. I never need to see him eat tit. I don't need to see Robert De Niro eat tit. I have we seen his O face before in any movie but this? I'm sure. Yeah, bang the drum slowly. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell Cape Fear? No. May, maybe, yeah. Seen his bite face. Seen bite face. Um but I, I'm just saying that so this scene, he's kind of going the distance where she's actually getting um you know, she's actually getting some pleasure out of it, it looks like. But is she? You know? Well, I think, I think he he uh, pulls like a Wonder Twin thing where he turns into a vibrator. Because he does he, like that. Some... He just vibrates her into some place. Like he, he is. There. It is so weird to watch the naked forms of these two, and he is vibrating on her. He's very um, uh, attentive to her uh, her needs this time. Here's the problem, though. I'm not buying it, Nick. There's nothing indicating. That he has any sort of skill in the bedroom. You know what I'm saying? And it is very out of character. Maybe De Niro said, look, guys, enough of this shit. I'm going to tear it up betwixt the sheets in this scene. And poor Uma Thurman was like, do I get a stunt double for this? The, part, the thing that, and I don't know if this goes into your mind. This literally goes into my mind every sex scene I ever see in my life. I always think, is that how that person really does it? Of course. Because it's... Because when you see weird shit happening, you instantly wonder, is that their thing? You know? Well, there is a director there. So you hope that the director is saying, look, you need to do what I do in the bedroom, not what you do in the bedroom. You know? So maybe this is all John McNaughton. He turns into a vibrator when he's in the bedroom. <laughs> I think. But, you know. But I will say, you're, you said Oma Thurman gives a good performance. And I don't think she gives a very good performance. But. She does give a good performance at the end of that scene because she looks like she's either had a orgasm or has been pulverized from within. They're similar Um, faces. And that's the thing is that she feels that's what's so weird to me in this is that she does feel threatened by Bill Murray and she feels like she needs to be um, keeping De Niro happy. 
And so she is. She's like a concubine. But it's very problematic because then it start the movie starts to go. They're in love, and you just don't believe it from her. Well, he's in love, but mm-hmm. but also the post the next morning they wake up and we get to see two very interesting things. The camera lingers on mm-hmm. her arm, and yeah. she has a very weird arm in this movie, like a very she, like mid lycanthropic transformation arm in it. The angle that it's at, it's just her arm. The way that they shot her arm, it looks very weird. I mean, she's long limbed. I mean, she's no, a tall it, woman. Is that just, what you're talking about? No, no. It's just the way that they shot it. It was just you know because usually you have to trust a director to 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 put you know to give them the best you know to, to protect you. He, he did a very unflattering thing the way he shot that scene, and it makes mm-hmm. her look really awkward. And then, of course, he had the lack of tact to tell De Niro maybe don't have a gigantic triangle chest hair. Because he has a near perfect chest hair triangle that is weird to look at. And there's a scene. Do we see much of De Niro's skin in this? I don't recall. Yeah. Yeah. He's naked. He's naked taking photographs of them. It's fucking dumb. Well, that's a nice nice scene. He has just come. Right. He pulls out and starts taking naked pictures of her. So no, I do like that because she asked him to take her picture and he says he won't. He's like, I don't I don't want to. It's bad luck because I take pictures of dead things. But then he's so happy that he does take picture a picture of her and she likes it or she pretends to. And then he says, take a picture of me. And he does a strongman pose. And then she's like, you want me to take a picture of these drips all over the floor from when you just crawled out of bed pumping? And he said, I only take pictures of crime scenes. And she's like, well, take a picture of this then, because I am here against my fucking will. <laughs> and then, of um, course, he goes and stands in front of the window naked with her mm-hmm. to kind of yeah. like, fuck you, world. I can do this, too. Right. Yeah. That's and he, the moral of the story. Is that he can fuck in front of a window, too. <laughs> but, you know, that is, you know, like the, I think there are some nice moments in this movie or at least. You know, I think I do think this movie is pretty good. I, I know you don't like it as much, but was, what was your um, what was your first clue? <laughs> the and then and then possibly the most tone deaf comedic moment in the film happens. There's there's no bad comedic moments in this. I'd say just a gigolo. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> he goes to a crime scene where a guy's been murdered and plays just a gigolo by Louis Prima on the uh, jukebox and is dancing and poorly singing it. Before that, something very interesting happens, though. Tell me. Crusoe puts on a radio guy voice. He like is reading the crime report or something like a newspaper article. He's he's, he reads it like a like a maybe like a 1920s. I've never heard him do any voice but Crusoe. Yeah. And then it goes. De Niro hits the jukebox, starts uh, playing. He he um, starts singing and dancing to the dead body at one point. He does. He does. He's and he's putting on his gloves very awkwardly. It's a very, like, it's a very tone deaf scene. But I do love the, what happens as a result because Caruso is thrilled because he knows De Niro has wet his tip. So when they're when he, when they're going back to the van, Caruso like opens the door like a gentleman for him and is just smiling ear to ear. He's thrilled that, that De Niro got it wet. But he's excited, like that. De Niro, yeah, is is finally happy, and uh, you know he's. I wish that he was, by the way, doing this to the David Lee Roth version yeah, me too. of just the gigolo. Yeah. But, you know, I'll take the Louis Prima. Right. Here's the thing. Richard Price in this scene. Yeah. Cameo by the writer. 
he plays a cop and he gets to say he's describing what happened and he says the shooter comes in bop bop <laughs> which i think is great of course you do and then de niro starts dancing and what if you were the corpse what if you're that dead guy yeah and you had just a little life left and you're fading from the world from existence forever <laughs> and the last thing you see is Caruso being a mad fucking Adonis, like you said, and next to him, a shriveled De Niro <laughs> shuffling around, you know, dancing over your, you know, bloated corpse. Yeah. Or almost corpse. Or I like the idea of what if you were that guy's nubile daughter walks mm-hmm. into the restaurant after hearing she sneaks past the police tape to see if it's all true and De Niro is dancing at the body. Why does the daughter nubile? I mean, <laughs> what does that have to do with it? Painting the picture. I'm painting the picture. So she comes in and she's hot. No, no, she's perky. She's prepubescent perky. She's budding. She's like a beautiful young lady. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking worse. <laughs> so let me get this straight. <laughs> the dead guy's. <laughs> on the cusp of womanhood daughter comes in okay <laughs> and, sne- and you're saying she sneaks past the police to why to see if she, her dad's really dead her, yeah her dad's like her dad she, she heard a horrible thing and then her, and then De Niro is dancing at his body and she you know she like puts her finger in her mouth like a sexy thing <laughs> are you taking on the persona of De Niro's character as you're describing this I thought this movie was strange now I'm having problems with you what's happening uh <laughs> nubile dog yeah. <laughs> wasn't the wasn't the adjective I was going for but now I'm, I'm happy where it took us <laughs> so you're right Caruso is bemused and he opens the yeah, he he then he accuses De Niro very lovingly of did you get laid last night, Wayne? You know, and yeah. and De Niro and playing all the He's like, I don't get laid. I I make love. And Crusoe looks like he's about to hug the world. He can't. He's so excited. Yeah. It's like and the then, best. It's like Christmas morning for him. Cruz is like, thank God, because I thought you'd be the kind of guy that would vibrate into a person. <laughs> you didn't do that, like Jacob's ladder move on her, did you? Yeah. Um. So then, you know, life is great. But they walk into the police station. But who is there? But Bill Murray's right. character entertaining the other policemen. He brought them um, pineapple sour cream cake, cheesecake. And what do you think? No, what he, he says it's pineapple and sour cream. Now, what do you think of that that blend of flavor? Would you eat it? I would try it. Yeah. None. I, Cheesecake's a, I, a glorious thing, but you know you don't. I try it, and I'd probably like it. Yeah. Hmm. De Niro's eating that pineapple for a different reason, though. Sicking about when he gets back. I've got this woman trapped in my apartment that I don't think really wants to be there. Can't wait to have sex with her again. I cannot wait to fill myself with sweet tasting materials. Now, I say this, but that's the thing. Uma does seem to like him a little bit. It's just that she is there. But there's also that kind of sad, like, daddy figure thing that might be part of it, too, which doesn't make it any more comfortable. Yeah, and her backstory is she is indebted to Bill Murray because her brother fucked up. 
Yeah, her brother sounds so like she's, a real sweetie. To get him out of trouble, she she gave uh, uh, herself over to Bill Murray to do things. And you know what? Yeah, you know, she does things. She said that she hasn't had to do much other than deliver a just like a dismembered hand to somebody, and and also work at, at the counter at a comedy club, which is two extremes in work. <laughs> but it reminded me of Angel Heart. We had two movies back to back with De Niro, uh, I guess, disembodied hands and De Niro. Yeah. In that order of importance. Yeah, except at least in Angel Heart, he wasn't a fucking creep. (laughs) (laughs) Get his shit together. (laughs) Um, I cannot wait to get to the part where David Cruz was wearing acid wash jeans. Well, let's get there because it's one of my favorite images I've seen in my life. <laughs> so obviously things escalate. There's there's animosity. They're trying to bargain for Uma Thurman's value. And it leads to the best part of this movie, which is the confrontation. There's like a couple of street side confrontations between Murray and De Niro that are actually great. And, and the scenes that are connected to it are actually great. It's definitely the best part of this movie. But it doesn't no, get so, better yeah. when you got Caruso in acid wash jeans. So. No, so Bill Murray is... A little bit annoyed because De Niro looks like he's no longer, you know, wants to be buddy buddy. And he says, look, I'm coming to get glory. Uma. I'm coming to get her Monday. You can have the weekend, but I'm coming to get her. And so De Niro concocts a plan with Caruso to, um, uh, you know, push back against this collection mm-hmm. and collection effort. And so he does. So this happens at, and, um, Bill Murray brings Mike Starr, his bodyguard, and De Niro has Caruso in mm-hmm. the apartment. So when, so here's one thing: I when he pulls up Bill Murray, he has a convertible full of baddies <laughs> or henchmen, and the three henchmen in the back are asleep. Yeah, did you notice that? Yeah, it's a very weird filmmaking choice. And he gets out of the car singing, and they still are asleep. They keep their eyes closed. It must have been a long ride. Mm-hmm. Or just Wherever. a long night before that, you know. Fair enough. Hungover, you think, huh? Yeah. Um, There's something that I see in this in this sequence that really hurts me. The, what? There's De Niro with no socks, wearing like these dress shoes, sitting with tough. his sitting with his like feet pointing at each other, like like a like a schoolgirl, you know, like a like he- like a little rascal's. He has made a lot of he's made a lot of choices in this movie to make his character very uh, undesirable and yeah and uh, meek and he does a good job because you you don't want him to win <laughs> kind of yeah I want him to get away from Uma yeah even though Murray's kind of a shady dick he actually he comes off well like his character tries his damnedest to be accommodating even though obviously he's a bad guy but in in relation to De Niro who's a fucking nightmare person. He really tries to make it doable for him. One thing I really liked about Murray is that he, the whole time, is trying to get something obviously out of uh, De Niro from De Niro for what he what he get you know he gave him over to him. But he really, in the end, just kind of wants to be friends with De Niro. Right. He always kind of comes back to that. You know, he wishes he you know he was buddies with you know, with Wayne, he and, sees, and he sees a lot of commonalities. Yeah, why wouldn't he want to be? Cause the guys, just... well, I think they're both obviously like 
like they say, they're both kind of outsiders. Yeah. You know, Bill Murray obviously wants to be a, or his character wants to be a hack comedian. Not I, a, not I a do love boss. that he, there's a scene where he th- he's threatening them and he, and, and they talk about how he can kill you with soup. I think that was cute. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, yeah, he's, he, accidents can happen. So anyway, when the first time he comes to collect Uma, she's not there. And the two henchmen, you know, Caruso and Mike star fight. And it's a great fight. It's a real fight. Like, they're really doing their own stunts. They're getting thrown everywhere. It's, right. it's great. And at one point, Mike Star picks up Caruso, and it's about to slam him into a, the like the glass porch door. He goes, "Hey, glass door, asshole!" And so Mike Star Star moves him over to yep. slam him against the wall. Yeah, it's great. There's an etiquette to that fight. It's yep. just it's great. And honestly, the aftermath is very bloody, but it looks like Caruso is less wounded. Yep. Which I appreciated. Yeah. Mike, uh, John, John McNaughton. I appreciated the realism that this film may have contributed to Caruso's ego in other films. Did you see that? How I was the badass in mad dog and glory. And they're like, yeah, nobody saw that movie. Mr. Caruso. <laughs> when did this come out between what films this is pre Jade? Yeah. And it's, it's post Cape fear. <clears throat> yeah, I'm talking about Caruso's career. He's post Abel Ferrara and pre Jade. I'm thinking. Let me um, look up David Caruso for the eleventh th- time today on my phone. <laughs> um, I need a picture of him now. I need like a Us Weekly photo of David Caruso. What's he doing? Yeah, like is he masking up? Masking with his groceries? You know, maybe like a pug on a leash nearby. Mm-hmm. Is he? Uh, is he live in Florida? Where does he live? I, I I need to know. I need to know that exact address. Yeah. Um. So <clears throat> he was in it between. Oh, he's still in NYPD Blue when he made it, and then the film he made after it was Kiss of Death, and then Jade. So this is all before that. Yeah, but it's post Abel Ferrara. So you might be right. You might be right that he was like this. Is, I'm acting with De Niro. I need to be in movies. Yeah, and they made me yeah. kind of the the, the the sneaky like breakout character in this story. Maybe I'm all that. And by the way, just... you are David Caruso. You are all that. Let me send a message back in time to David Caruso and say you're right. You do belong in movies. Do not second guess yourself. Get the fuck off NYPD Blue. Yeah. Good decision. By the way, um, there. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize this. There's a crossover episode of CSI. With him and William L. together in the same show. Oh, because he was on CSI Miami. That is like having Buddha and fucking Christ like sharing a fucking carriage. Should we do it? We can't. It's not a movie, but we need to Can watch we it. Can we do it? We, need it to- might, we might have to do like a special no, no. Side, side episode with. I never. This is amazing. We It might be the pinnacle. I'm not. I'm not gonna argue. I mean, it's it's those two guys together. Gus and what's his? What are the names again? Jim, I know his like Josiah or some or Jeb. Or, his name's Caruso's name was Horatio. That's right. Yeah. So you're right, Gus or something like that. And his and Peterson was Gus or something or Grissom. No, well, it's not Gus Grissom. We know what he does in space. <laughs> um. So thankfully, by the way, that is the that that one scene that we talked about a lot. The sex scene is the last sex scene in this film. That is a um, huge win. Although he does attack Uma one time when she's brushing her teeth. Gil Grissom. 
Gilgrissom. Nice. Um, but she, she's she's brushing her teeth, and he attacks her. He starts making out with her. He's so excited that she's brushing brushing those chompers. So, you know, Uma's in flats a lot in this because she's taller. Well, she's I mean, taller she's than a, his flat the entire week. She is, but she's taller than that man. <laughs> so they have to keep her in. They have to keep her. Uh, yeah, and you know, in in Converse or whatever throughout. Yeah, no heels. Um, all right, so then Bill Murray says, look, you can have Uma, but, but, you know, you have to be my friend. And for a year, when I call, you have to pick up the phone. And De Niro says, no, I can't. I'm a cop. So then Bill Murray says, okay, how about you buy her from me? And he, and the price, what's the price? Do you remember? It starts off at like 70 and it gets down to 40. Right. And so one of the saddest scenes Which, by in the way, it is reasonable price, mm-hmm. a reasonable price for Uma Thurman. And uh, he decides he's going to try to raise the money and Bill Murray leaves him alone. He has like, three days to do it. Although Bill Murray, like cause he really threatens De Niro. He's like, if you, you know, he chokes him out. But then he gives him a little sweet at the end of that choke scene, mm-hmm. you know, and he says, look, three days um, or, or she's coming with me. So he tries to raise the money. And one of the sad scenes in this is he actually raises uh, some money from his neighbor, Kathy Baker, and they're sitting at a table together. And that's really who he should be with. Yeah. Someone who really likes him, his is his age. Who isn't he uh, who isn't uh, owned by somebody. Right. And is making decisions based on her own, you know, thoughts. You, you didn't even talk um, about the scene where Crusoe squares off with her abusive boyfriend. It's, a, it's amazing. It's your favorite scene. I, I, it's one of them because Cruz was in it. Yeah, he threatens him. And he calls him. Uh, what does he say? He said, uh, "Yeah, he threatens him." But he has some great lines. I wrote them down. Um, Asks him to step outside. What does he say? Um, I just have a and bold De Niro pecking on that face. That's all I can get past here in my <laughs> just pecking at it like a little chicken. No, because chicken, um, chicken aren't fucking freak shows. Let me see here. Oh, he goes, come on, you fucking hump. Come on, you hero. Mm-hmm. That's what he says to the guy. Yeah, this is a guy that's been beating up Kathy Baker's character. Tom Coles, our hero. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, De Niro confronts him, but then he can't do anything because he's so uh, impotent. And so then Caruso takes up the cause and threatens the guy. Threatens to just beat the living shit out of him, and, and he he leaves. Yeah, without any any fights. If this so. film were made in the two thousands, you'd find out that Caruso's character doesn't exist. Like he's a figment <clears throat> of uh, De Niro's id or something. I guess, like a Fight Club type thing, or like uh, you know other movies. Hmm. Beautiful right, mind. So then, you know, you can go fuck yourself. So the end. Uma decides. Like she's like, I don't want to be bought. I don't want you to pay for me. Um, I'm leaving. I'm going to go back to Frank on my own. And so then <clears throat> Bill Murray shows up wanting to collect her. She's not there. And there's this big fight sequence that breaks out between the two. And De Niro gets his ass kicked. Now in this, the test scenes of this, the, or the, the, the test screening, the audience didn't like this because they, they were not used to De Niro getting his ass handed yeah. to him. Yeah. So they had to reshoot it so he had a little bit of fight, but he still loses the fight, I'd say. Yeah. He does come back a little bit and knock Murray's tooth out, but he really takes a beating. Yeah. And uh 
And of course, Cru- who's there on the sidelines cheer him on? But David Caruso. Actually, Caruso has asked him to, to, to stay down at one point. He does. He does. <laughs> stay down, Wayne. Stay down. Um, but anyway, anyway, so then Bill Murray just gets fed up. He's like, you guys can stay together. I don't care. Because Uma comes back and you know, there's the whole thing. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. And so that's how they leave it. And so the end is a little bit gradual. It feels like the graduate a little bit. It just uh, seems that Uma now free doesn't really want to be there. Yeah. Um, and De Niro's scared that she doesn't want to be there, but then she ends up staying. So I don't know. It's a confusing ending a little bit. Yeah. It's I think she should have just said, like, I'm out. They're all losers. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Mad Dog and Glory, Nick. What do you think of the title? Yep. It, it, it sells a better movie. I think you're wrong about this one. I think this is a nice uh, treat yourself. Watch this one. Where did where do we see it? Amazon Prime or something? I thought it was where, on where sale. Was I think we bought it. I bought it. Yeah, we, we bought did. It. it was on like four ninety nine on iTunes. I wonder if it is streaming somewhere though. Yeah. Well, he was streaming after he ran into that grocery store. Um, by the way, don't be afraid of the dark. Four ninety nine right now on iTunes. Did you buy it? I have it already. Um, it's made I know me, you do. Made me happy to see though, and it's also on Netflix. But um. There's a lot of good is stuff it, on, on for four ninety nine right now on uh, you know just got Night of the Creeps and some other stuff. Is it four K? Is don't be afraid four K? Well, I ain't getting it. Yeah, I ain't getting it then. Um. So hey guys, let's do the work. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> so you are uh you are sitting there in the tattoo parlor and it's wet. The fluorescent lights are shimmering. The floor is disgust. And the guy looks up and says, "Oh, you're here. What do you want? You know, it's a Mad Dog Glory themed tattoo shop. So you gotta." Pony on up. The only designs they have is from this movie. Yeah. Well, what are their selections then? Well, no, it's, if I'm, it's your imagination. Like they. Oh, because if I'm walking into a Mad Dog and Glory themed tattoo shop, I'd expect a catalog of what designs they can do. So if you could tell me those, no, it would help me with my selection. Well, you screwed up. Then you should have just said it was a normal tattoo place. No. I want to think of something successful. Walter made me up some designs so I can select from them. So I'm going to have um, the little curb sitting nebbish De Niro with this, with the fancy shoes and no socks looking all awakening. Docksiders? The Docksiders. They were right? fancier than Docksiders. Were uh, they? Yeah. With his little legs pointing, his toes pointing at each other, looking dumb. I'm going to have that. Floor shine? That's a first. It's a first floor shine mention in the movie Microsoft. Is it? Yeah, um, I'm gonna have that uh, on the back of my neck, like a cute little De Niro back of my neck. Just his legs hanging down, or the whole no, the De Niro? whole neb, the whole neb with the steps. <laughs> the whole neb, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, have you ever seen those uh, those teardrop tattoos that people have? <laughs> yes. You have seen those? Yeah, not in person, thankfully. Uh, they, they get tattooed on their face, right? Probably and it indicates that they murdered that the person that has that tattoo that maybe they murdered somebody. I would get instead of a teardrop, I would get um, the shape of <laughs> Crusoe's hair in this, his haircut. You know, his red yeah, hair, yeah. wild in this, yeah. and beautiful. And I'd put that in place of just like right where the tear would be. <laughs> and then people would be confused. They'd look at me and they go, did you, what does that mean? Is you, does it mean you killed someone? I was like, no, it means that David Caruso killed it. 
and Mad Dog and Glory. <laughs> That's what it means. And you want that so to be in this artist's book when people walk in? <laughs> First page. <laughs> and starred. I want this. I want the the special ones starred, like the more expensive ones. Can you imagine walking up to Caruso at a at a, at a restaurant saying, "Hey, I, I got a tattoo of your your hair from Mad Dog and Glory." I'm a, I'm a uh, somewhat of a fan. I've got I've got a teardrop tattoo of your hair for Mad Dog and Glory. He is squeezing the top two buttons on his iPhone for that emergency phone call thing fast, and you could say lickety split. He's not going to call anybody for help. <laughs> you is. think he ever called nine one one in his fucking life? He takes care of business on screen and off. Yeah, he probably that's a, that's a, that's a promise. Nine one one is another sex line for him. <laughs> it's like I hear a warm voice. Get your ass here! <laughs> it is an emergency. <laughs> uh, so he, he has three kids. By the way, that's great. My man produced. He did the right thing. He produced. Yeah, he kept it magnificent going. performances, and then you know, to ensure his legacy, he's got children, right? You know, that carry his genes, I don't know, forever. Yeah. His acid watch gene. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I ahead. like the idea of them, uh, like you know, he's fathered these these beautiful children, and they he's uh, you know, he's he's out of acting, he's out of the public eye. They go into his uh, his study. To like, you, you want to go out and play catch, pops? And he's like, get the fuck out. And they're like, Dad. I mean, I just want. He's like, you know, he looks up and he's got that Caruso look, and and, and he does everything like that. He is reading the latest. He's like reading the Grimm's fairy tales, the new packaging, you know, for the Barnes and Noble put out. He's reading it with the mm. same intensity that he would be acting alongside De Niro. Do not fuck with me while I'm reading the Brothers Grimm. <laughs> I wonder what he does these days. You think? Because he's not acting anymore. You think he's like way deep into Pokemon or something? Like, what's he do? You know? I wish. Just firing up like level 98 uh, and on Candy Crush. What is David Crusoe doing now? 2020. I got a virus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God, he's so beautiful, though. He likes he likes his cigars too. That's cute. Um, okay, so you have been given the financing to start your own Mad Dog Glory related business venture, right? What shape is that going to take? So, um, do you remember this movie? Kind of reminded me a little bit of the Blade Runner sequel. Blade Runner 2048, whatever it's called. Okay. What is it? Yeah, something like that. Where uh, you know, the main character of that movie, Ryan Gosling's character, um, had in his apartment had a, you know, a hologram that he was, yep. that was his girlfriend. Yep. Right? So I would do the same from this. I would get a hologram, but of De Niro's character. So you can have his Wayne in your apartment. So whenever you're feeling low, yeah, you feel lower. You can press a, you can press a button, he would appear, and you just be like, "Oh, it's not, you know, as bad as it is." 
it's not this it's not that bad right you know and you could you could uh you know that's the thing is the the purpose of it is that you can uh shame relentlessly shame this hologram yeah uh, until it cries you know and it's here to instead short circuit it and until the next evening <laughs> yeah it's the game that you play yeah you know and it it just does everything you know and it I think that might. I think that might sell. And like the manufacturer the actually will say, you know, seventeen thousand lives saved from self harm by having a shithole De Niro in their house. You know, right? Yeah. He wakes up uh, shirtless and, uh, you know, gray pants, whatever he's wearing in that his his clothes. You yeah. know, yeah, tucking in a shirt, vibrating. Uh, he. He also works nights. That's we never talked about that. Yeah, his, his alarm his, is set for three a.m., three three p.m. Right or something. Yeah, I think he's it's three p.m. Yeah, he's a he's a he's his 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 world's all flipped around. Yeah, but yeah, that's why I would do a, a hologrammed uh, Wayne from this movie. So I would open up um, like a soda fountain kind of place, of course, and uh, it's called De Niro's Wart. <laughs> so. Everybody that works there has a, a, a replica of his wart on on their face, his 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 mole, whatever. It's edible, gummy. So uh, every time you order like a, a, a shake or whatever it comes to the table, they pull that gummy mole off and put it on top. You know, they pull it off their face and yeah. put it off top. Yep, pre mm-hmm. pre COVID, um, and oh, then they have uh, like you know like you, you build your own yogurt cone. Uh, and then they have like the chocolates and all that, but it's all different. His wart. So there's it's a, not, it's not a wart. It's like it's a, a mole. It's a mole. Like it's, it's there's a chocolate his mole. There's a gummy his mole. There's like a non-parallel whatever it's called. You know, yeah. you have like a, like a nerd his mole. You yeah. know, and so you just use all that shit, and everybody everybody's happy, and they're eating like replicas of his face nightmare. And then everybody leaves. You know, everybody leaves with one. On your way out the door, they like? stick one of those to your little body. What does it taste like? You know what it looks good on is that dead body's daughter. Um, it tastes, like I said, if you have a gummy one, it tastes like a gummy. Mm-hmm. If you have a chocolate, it's cho- like they, they they have a mold that they can, you know, gelatin, you know, you know they could put cotton. <laughs> <laughs> they have a mole mold. Can you say it? Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, so that's pretty great. And uh, how do you think that the like the makeup folks deal with De Niro's mold? Do you think it has a special, special lighting? Like, yeah, it's iconic. Special makeup, you know. It is. It's the opposite of what Christian Bale's got, where they're trying to not bring that attention. Yeah, who's got the best like weird feature, like weird anomaly? You think? Hmm. I mean, we talked about per Taylor, Taylor Vince last episode. He's got a very, uh, yeah, obviously strange. Cusack um, does that on a much smaller problem. Level. Cusack does the eye like left to right eyes all the time. It, does he? Yeah, it's one of his acting things. Yeah, but that's you know, per Taylor Vince's is involuntary. You think that, but you don't know. Yeah, it's true. I had a friend who could make his eyes vibrate. When they're on, on command, it's very strange. A strange thing that he would do. His eyes vibrate. Yeah. What does that mean? Like he, like he, he would, he could look at you, and his eyes would just go really, like they'd vibrate really fast. That bother you? 
No, I had him. It was like a parlor game. Like he would do it for to make us happy. I don't like it. Okay, Deniro did. But this, are you still friends with this guy? Or? I wish. No, we're not. We had a falling out. Anyway, um, I was talking too much about his his eyes. No. Um, mm-hmm. So what? What's your? Your? Did you do business? I did. A hologram. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Listen this. Um. Hey, you've been charged with making a sequel to Mad Dog and Glory. Of course. What are you going to do? Every character in the movie dies in a, a car accident or Bill Murray gets shot, except David Caruso, who has to investigate these murders. Mm-hmm. So the whole movie is you know, about him and Caruso following Caruso around, seeing what his home life's like. Um. That's it. That's it. That's the sequel. I just it'd, be, it'd just be called uh, the title would be called um, um, No More Mad Dog and Glory, Mike. <laughs> is, is that his name yeah, in this? Yeah. <laughs> it just yeah, Mike. <laughs> no, I call it No More Mad Dog and Glory, Mike. <laughs> that's what I'd be. It's great. I'd watch it. I'd, I mm-hmm. I would love if that became like a Netflix thing, you know, down the line. Mm-hmm. So mine's sort of similar to it's modern day, you know, it kind of picks the story up modern day. It's been, you know, mm-hmm. 20 something years since these guys uh, have uh, these, these events have transpired. Uh, Murray's still kind of ho- pining for a friendship with, with Wayne. Uma still kind of wondering if she wants to hang around. De Niro's still awkward as nut in the bed. Um, but, and then, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, Caruso has been promoted to like superstar. He's the marshal or whatever you want. What's, but what's good chief. If you're the chief of police, he's the absolute baller, you know? Okay. And yeah, uh, I like and, it. And uh, captain, captain, a chief is probably above captain, right? Probably superintendent. I don't know. Lieutenant. No chief. I think chief police is the biggest, baddest. Really? Bitch. Is it? Maybe. I wasn't looking at my watch. Oh, I was looking cause my um, guy scored in fantasy football. Oh, that's, that's huge. Um. Yeah. So, Cruz is the chief of police, and Mike Starr, by golly, is the lead suspect in in a case. And you think all that bad blood's gonna boil up? But nope. Caruso thinks he's innocent, and it's a fucking huge success story. These guys buddy up to solve to to, to clear Mike Starr's name. This is actually a great idea for a sequel. Plus. And, and you know they they finally got to have it out after the whole movie of uh, kind of getting up each each other's uh, faces, and now there's a mutual respect because the fight yeah. um, is kind of a draw, right? Yeah. By the way, Bill Murray says the funniest thing to De Niro in this. I think right. you won't like it, but he, he he's worried about him, and he says, "You look drawn." Oh, I love that. That made me laugh. <laughs> such a, such a funny thing to say to somebody. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Story. Um, and, uh, and also silver lining, um, the daughter of that body is of age now and Caruso settled down with her. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's like telling her about, you remember the time when just a gigolo and you walked in? Yeah. I knew that. You thought I didn't see you You tried to sneak in, but we, we saw you. Yeah. There was uh, like a ghost. Someone that nubile. I mean, (laughs) yeah, you brought your big old buttons. (laughs) <laughs> so you're in the movie mm-hmm. what shape does your role take in mad dog and glory um i'm the 
I'm a hand surgeon. <laughs> okay. And De Niro, after being in pain from his hand, the entire film, finally after the movie concludes and Uma Thurman is, <clears throat> you know, living with him. He, he's like, yeah, man, my hand still is burnt and hurts. It doesn't seem to be getting better. It's infected and it comes to me, to my, I'm, you know, like, I think they do call it, you know, the hand, hand doctor, hand surgeon. Yeah. yeah. And I said, yeah, um, I take a look at the hand. I go, who, what, what happened? And he said, well, I spilled some coffee. It's like, okay, I, I can see that, but it seems to have gotten a lot worse. What, what did you do to take care of this? And he tells them that Uma Thurman had, you know, kind of take her gotten you know, under him. Glory had, you know, spread some uh, yeah. ointment on his hand, oh. bandaged it up. And then the doctor starts piecing it together that maybe this love interest of his actually is trying to kill him by improperly treating the, the hand. Yeah. And so then De Niro won't believe it. And I'm like, well, I got to call David Caruso's character and get him on. You get him on the case. Yeah. You know, and David, one thing I do love in this movie is how skeptical and above everything. David Caruso knows all the angles, right? He's skeptical whenever De Niro tells him at one point, everything's okay. Bill Murray elite, you know, it's gone. Everything's fine. And he, you know, Caruso doesn't believe him. And whenever <laughs> De Niro comes to raise money, he said, he's not getting my money. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. He's not getting mine. Sorry, buddy. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. But anyway, that's why I'd just be a hand doctor that would be concerned about the hand wound. You know, and I'd be really cool. Like my character, my doc, he'd be this really cool, like hand doctor that really has it together, you know. And yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like has a good, you know, frame framing, you know, idea about the world, knows the ins and outs. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I have no hands. Like that's the one thing that's interesting <laughs> about me, is that I do every. I have no hands myself, but I'm a hand doctor, and so everything is a surrogate. That every I, I call the shots. Yeah. And you know, browbeat my staff into, you yeah, know, doing everything for me. And, and, my, and you're sarcastic. Like, I poke you in the eye if I could. Like you know, you know, I'm giving you the finger, the phantom finger. You know. No, and I do like sometimes like I do use my feet, so I am feeling the burned hand with my feet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Do you, what's your character? Uh, so uh, Wayne, you know, he's a he's a nebbish. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! You want to say that word? You know, it's me. <laughs> he looks out the window. And to the, the, the right next to the couple that's in the window is a mm -hmm. floor to ceiling window where me, I'm slamming myself. <laughs> <laughs> the curtains are thrown open. I am <laughs> raging on it. And um, furiously, and I'm looking back at him. I know he's watching, and I know I'm knowing that he's watching. And I'm knowing it. And... Uh, Weirdly, I've got my pants. I've got like sweatpants on. I've rolled them down so that my penis is out. But I've also rolled the legs up. <laughs> so <laughs> I rolled the top, rolled the top down, and I've rolled the bottoms up. So there's just like this tube of cloth around my thighs, <laughs> and I'm shredding it. 
I am well, shredding. Thank you for and telling me. And it's not consensual. <laughs> Wait for yourself. Yeah, I don't want. <laughs> I am fighting. Like it's. I'm. Like you, I'm like tear. Like at one eye has a tear of joy, the other tear of <laughs> sorrow. I'm like right. really hating it, but I am ripping it over. <laughs> why, are you, why are you rolling your your uh, sweatpants up from the bottom? What's and there's the... a large stuffed animal I'm I'm leaning up against. <laughs> Very large teddy bear. I mean, I'm sitting in its legs. Now, is it a stimulant kind of to to get your feet out as well? To like no, I think up? it's just because that's his thing. Like he rolls his sweatpants all the way up to the thigh, and then he rolls it all the way down. So there's just like a nice strip of. Of material, say yeah. why it is looks it... neat. It looks neat, like you know. He feels it's like you have to see it. Is it stimulating? <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. For no, this character it's, to no do that. it's it's just something that it's something that he's carried with him. You know, mm. he, he's just and leaning then, up against that bear, papering it up. You know, and is he more? Is he? Is your character seriously masturbating to De Niro's impotence? And then whenever he actually starts to get some action, does that change your no, actions? No, not at no. all. No, he I am he is watching the color bars on the TV, and that he is just whipping and wailing like a complete orchestra. Well, yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah, that's two in a row, I think. Well, no, what was your? I guess it's a couple no, ago. It's space. Yeah, the astronaut. That's a good different situation. Yeah. yeah this guy's all about like his. He's got a setup. You know, yeah, eat string cheese a lot. Like he's like just fucking taking it. Um, so you're on an island and you have a mysterious amount of debris that you've gathered from all these features. Sure. Um, what would you take from Mad Dog and Glory to complete? <sighs> this is a tough one because there's not a ton of. You know, De Niro seems to be kind of hogging the frame a lot. And I'm not noticing a lot of stuff to the side that I could take. One thing I did notice, and we talk about the dead guy a lot in the restaurant. Did you notice that he had a bunch of spaghetti on him when he was his dead body on his stomach? And then he also had a whole glass, like a wine glass on his stomach as well. And did not notice that. Yeah, like he had a he was dead, shot to death, but there was a wine glass that was somehow stayed on his huge belly, which is interesting. <clears throat> I don't know. What about you? Um, I have, I've built a uh, makeshift bathroom in my, uh, my living quarters and mm -hmm. I have a little scallop shell on my, on my sink area and nestled right in the middle. Of that little shell as a reminder is uh, Bill Murray's tooth. <laughs> He does little, get his tooth knocked out and he throws it. it. Yeah, he throws his tooth out the window. I got that tooth. It's in my island. It's in a scallop. Mm. And I look at it. And it's just like, man. The stage direction in the script was toss his tooth. That's all it said. <laughs> so you keep you keep his tooth, huh? I want his tooth. I want, a little, mm. I want something like that's, that was once alive inside him. Yeah. And I've got it, and it's just you know, a shaft of light comes through the my through the the thatch, catches that tooth. Yeah, that's my morning. You know, I know it's I know it's springtime when sunlight hits that tooth. <clears throat> I mean, 
part of me wants to take Crusoe skeptical looks to the island and just put that on my face, but I won't do that. There's a picture in there that kind of frightens me of a submerged submerged razor in a sink with bloody water that De Niro somehow decides he's going to hang on his wall. Okay. A suicide. It was like, like a suicide photo. I'll just take the, you know, I'll take the cat, the arcade game narc. No, that's a good one. I'll take that and put it on my island. That big old, you know, 80s, 90s, 90s, I guess, arcade game. You know, the whole cabinet. Um, yeah. Narc. And then, um, but, you know, and I, 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 there wouldn't be a, what, is, is there electricity? Could I somehow hook it up? Probably. Yeah, you could figure it out. And then, um, what the only reason I would do is I try to get on the scoreboard so I could write ass, ass, as <laughs> you know. That would be my big thing. Yeah. Did you ever do that? Of course I did. What did you did you do worse? Uh, no. Although, <laughs> yeah, I had a situation recently, very recently, where one of my friends who you know did that at a at a golden tea game. Yeah. And, uh, almost got in trouble. Oh wow. Yeah. I used to put my initials on on them. I took it seriously when I got on the scoreboard. JJW. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would too. Yeah. Then I changed it up and started doing Jus. J U S. Yeah. Yeah. I would do like pus. You know, I do like, you know, sift. Yeah. <laughs> David, I just I would do David Caruso, but it would just always I just type the whole thing out. I would just keep the last three letters. Yeah, I'd just do CSI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what? What? Yeah. This movie's great. Glad I own it. Glad I own it. I watched it twice for this. Me too. Because the first time through, I didn't take notes, and I bet that fans are thanking me that I went through again and took notes because they were my precision just perfect notes Our, this episode is like the movie <laughs> long and unnecessary according to you <laughs> just d- distant and dreary do you feel imprisoned a little bit by me no i just yeah who is the uma in this relationship and who's the de, de niro yeah ne- ne- no i wouldn't say that i wouldn't say that it's more like uh who's mike star and who's uh troy donahue or phil donahue <laughs> no um I don't want this movie to, to be analogous for anything. Sure. Amanda Donahoe. Yeah. That'd be that'd be better if Mike Starr was pulling those kind of celebrities. Like, yeah. is that Amanda Donahoe on the at the counter? Holy shit, is that Amy Dolans? <laughs> Dolans. Whatever. Pleased to meet you. I'm well known in these depths. Witness me in bloom. I possess. I want to hold you. I possess. My tentacle is reaching. Cold and searching. Feeling tired.
This wasn't an accident Your look is one in a billion Only choice is how deep the embrace I possess A tentacle is reaching Cold and searching Nature's lessons don't fade The most beautiful hold the poison I live to bind and now I die I confess My tentacle is reaching Cold and searching Feeling tired